3: The Phoenix Suns get a 118-105 win in Game 1 of the NBA Finals. They take a 1-0 series lead over the Milwaukee Bucks. But as much as we discussed it yesterday during the show, RJ, in previewing Game 1, it was announced a short time after we went off the air that Giannis would be going in Game 1. A 20-point performance. They come up short in the win column, but Giannis makes his return after missing several games because of the hyperextended knee.
4: So let's look at the stat line. 35 minutes plus. So he, he went, he went, the third most minutes on the team. Okay, he shot the best field goal percentage. Now, he only shot 11 times, but 55% best on his team. Okay, led the team in rebounds, and it wasn't even close. 17, second most, seven. I'm just going to do some math, Jonas. That's more than double. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, rebounding and if you look at the starters, here's the plus minus for the starters. Now, what for the Bucks? Now, what is plus minus? It's when a is on the court, how does the team do? All right, Middleton, minus 11 points. Holiday, oh, 10 points he scored. We had the prop there, not a good one, though. You know, we split out because we had to bet if Giannis, uh, Played, we were going against him in the first quarter, and that one was a nice winner, though he played well early. Okay, so Holiday under points, but his plus-minus, minus minus 16. Okay, P.J. Tucker, minus 14. Brooke Lopez, minus 17. And Giannis, plus one. So when Giannis was on the court... The team won. So 35 minutes he was on the court, the team won. The other minutes, you know, 13 or so, he wasn't on the court, team lost. It's hard to say that Giannis underperformed. I would make the case if he wasn't injured at all. It's it, You would wonder why he only shot 11 times. But otherwise, you would look at this line and say, pretty good game. What do you think?
3: Yeah, and I was shocked at how well he played. Now, I don't think he was the same player that you know he is. You know, at his peak, to when he's you know 100 healthy, obviously coming back from the injury. But I was really surprised at how effective he was. Yeah, the points aren't there, but the 17 rebounds, uh, he was effective on defense. There were even times to where he did have a little bit of his explosiveness to get to the basket. I did not expect him to
4: look as good as he did. Yeah, I think it's impossible to say that. Giannis's replacement would have played better because you're right. Is he he wasn't with 11 shots, uh, positioning himself to be the guy that the team leaned on, but he certainly was a key piece to a good performance. Yeah. But here's the question: When you see Middleton, though he scored 29 minus 11 on plus minus, Holiday a bad. I mean, just four for 14. Uh, does it make you think somehow Giannis has become a, uh, you know, they say those guys that are two plus two equals five guys. Is Giannis a two plus two equals three? That, yeah, he brings a nice number to the table, but somehow he diminishes the other players, or at least Holiday in Middleton, perhaps, maybe Lopez, perhaps. Does he diminish them somehow?
3: Yeah, I was thinking that maybe there would be a little bit of an adjustment for those guys because they had gotten almost used to playing without him the past couple of games, and then you incorporate him into the offense. You want him to be involved because of how good he is, that maybe those guys were going to take a step back, and maybe that threw him off a little bit. But I don't know if that would apply to the rest of the series or whether or not that was just a one-game situation,
4: and and those guys are going to be more prepared and ready to go in game two. So wrapping up the first element here, Giannis exceeded expectations, helped the bucks and you bring up a I think a strong point which is to whatever degree Giannis's health was a big question mark for the series By coming back in game one and playing this well, though it's possible he's going to be more prone to to re injure it, you know, hopefully not. But other than that, it feels like you could almost make the case 48 hours later, he's going to be close to 100%. You know, at least I think that's a fair speculation. And even if he's only as good health wise as he was in game one, that's still mighty, mighty good and much better than the Bucks without them. And thus, all of the machinations and the back and forth about what should the series price be and all that. Man, oh man, it feels like that. And remember, the series price with Giannis would have been about minus 150 for Milwaukee entering game one. So if that's the teams as they're currently constituted now, Giannis back and healthy... You would think the line in game two would be mm, two and a half maybe because the theory being home court's about three. All right, Milwaukee's got the advantage of the zigzag. What's the zigzag? We talk about it all through the playoffs. When one team wins and the other team loses, the team that won tends to be a little bit complacent. The team that lost tends to be a little or significantly more Ambitious energy, and they're willing to make changes, adjustments. While the team that won tends to stay pat. You look at the lines in almost all cases. You see that team that lost. Even though they lost, you would think, oh, well, downgrade them. Line should go. No, no. Line tends to go in their favor. Not here though. Line closed after Giannis was announced in in Game One, right around five. Game two, five and a half. So Jonas, just as a fan's perspective, if I said, okay, you know the zigzag, is there anything you saw in that game that would make you think that Phoenix gets upgraded in some significant way, like literally like a point you'd have to say, in order to overcome the zigzag enough to go have the line go up? This The market has upgraded Phoenix in a significant way I'm not sure why. What do you think?
3: Well, yeah, and and I think the backcourt played really well for Phoenix. Um, you know, the both, you know, Paul and Devin Booker played really well. They were much better. I don't even know if Milwaukee technically has a backcourt with the lineup they had out there, but they were much better and much more effective. But we've seen Devin Booker have some some you know games where he was really off. We've seen Chris Paul have a couple of games to where okay maybe maybe he's you can't rely on him to be that big score like he was. I actually came away from this game going you feel good if you're Phoenix because you won the game. But if I'm a Bucks fan, I got to feel really good about it just based on what I saw Giannis how he looked and and I'm excited going into game two thinking I got a real chance to
4: steal one on the road. Uh, so. By definition, the team that won the game is going to have performers that do, you know, players that play well. So you're right. I mean, uh, we can go down the list, and Phoenix had a lot of good performances. But in the zigzag, that's always going to be the case, right? A team won. So was there something so far above and beyond? I'm going to go to McKenzie here, pregame.com. McKenzie, what did you see? And maybe you didn't see anything. Don't stretch here. Is why would... Phoenix's performance be so valued by the market that they're upgraded off a typical Game 1 win. And let's not forget Game 1 in the NBA Finals, we had the trend 12-2 uh, and two against the spread last 14. Another winner there. Milwaukee owned 5 against the spread in Game 1's of series the last two years. This went par for the course, but the market's saying, oh no, we saw something. This line is going up to Phoenix's advantage, even though in almost all cases it would go down because of the zigzag. McKenzie, what did you say?
1: I think the Suns have a, and Jonas just mentioned this, the backcourt, have a significant matchup advantage, particularly against the way the Bucs play defense. Chris Paul is averaging 27 in three games against the Bucs, by far more than any other Versus any other opponent this season, and I think it's because they switch everything. They have Brooke Lopez on them, and Brooke Lopez. Well, well hold on a second. That, uh, hold hold on. Ranger, oh, you know?
4: hold on. Can you hear oh. me? Sorry, Can sorry. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you get talking, baby. You're gonna go. All right. Now, here's the question. During the game last night, and Jonas, maybe you saw this. Is and I was listening to Chris Broussard talk about it. Is the way they handled the pick and roll changed in the middle of the game. So uh, I think it went to the drop later uh, where they were switching earlier. So the fact that they had about about half the game one way, half the game the other – what does that tell us? And didn't we? What do we really know? We didn't know from the two games they played earlier this year. So whatever you're saying, it's not like some new player came on. The, it wasn't like Fletch came off the, <laughs> you know, six eight and all, and saying, oh look, we got a new guy here. So what's different? It's, a,
1: it's obviously a good question, and the, this matchup advantage I'm talking about might be worth a point or two.
4: The but fact it would have been worth a point or two in Game One.
1: And I think market observers like me are realizing how much of an advantage it might be. But you're right, it was exactly the same advantage that Chris Paul had against this specific defense yesterday.
0: Straight out of Vegas!
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: Kavino and Rich here, and whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends,
1: Higher ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers.
0: Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
3: Chris Paul was definitely in the zone last night for the Phoenix Suns. A 118-105 victory for Phoenix. They take a 1-0 series lead. Chris Paul led the way with 32 points for the Suns.
4: Chris Paul is playing differently at a fundamental level than he's played the entire season. This season, a season that some people believed should have warranted MVP consideration. What he's done in the last two games is totally different. And here's the numbers. The entire regular season, 72 possible games, two times Chris Paul had 30-plus points. Two times over 72 games. So he missed some games, but not that many. In the playoffs before the last two games, he had 30 points one time. And now in the last two games, he's had 30 plus points. So literally, literally, we've got 72 games. We've got, what, another 15 or so. And it's like we're moving towards 90 games that he doesn't have—in in, in in the 90 games, he's got three times that he goes 30 or more, and now he's doing it twice in a row. He And one is the closeout game to get to his first finals, and the other one is the first game of the finals. To me, that's a big edge for Phoenix. Chris Paul, his will, you know, that's the thing they always say about MJ, which I agree with. He wasn't going to let him, you hear, he's not going to let him lose. That's what they used to say in a given spot. It feels like Chris Paul was taking on that sense of, I'm going to be, it doesn't matter what I typically do. I'm going to go above and beyond because my will is going to dominate. It's going to be a will to power, as Nietzsche would say. As you're watching the game, does it feel different uh, what Chris Paul is doing than other, you know, other points of the season?
3: Yeah, it, it almost feels like he sees the finish line, and so now he's really starting to step on the gas. And I think he mentioned that on the court in the interview after the game, um, which he mentioned, you know, that they wanted to play with a better pace. That you know he's been, you know, guilty of they slow it down. Uh, um, you know, call it uh, you know old man basketball where they slow it down a little bit. But he wanted to play with a better pace, and it looked like he did. And I don't know if he was just saving up for for this point, or is recognizing a matchup advantage they have over Milwaukee. But he looked much more active, uh, and, and looked I don't I don't want to say younger, but he looked more like the younger version of Chris Paul uh, in that game last night.
2: Right out of-
1: Go to TireRack.com slash sports to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great
0: tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
3: the Phoenix Suns have a one nothing
4: series lead, but what is the Vegas perspective on the series moving forward? Okay, series price right now, minus 320 for Phoenix. So $320 wins you $100. Uh, if you want to bet the dog, $100 wins you about $250. Okay, now why is this unusual? Because typically, and we've done a study recently at Pregame.com in which we looked at year after year, of every series, how the how the series price would move in between games based on the circumstances, right? Teams up 1-0. They're the favorite team. They win. What happens? The underdog wins. What happens? So we're compiling a big database of those movements to try to see what convention is. There's also a way mathematically to figure out what it should be. So you have the mathematical projections, you've got the history, and then you've got today, what's happening now. And this is an outlier. Typically, in this spot, Phoenix winning game one, the line would have went to minus 450. So minus 200 to minus 450 is what history says. Minus 200 to minus 320, which is effectively half of the movement, is what Happened, and that makes a ton of sense. Why? Because built into the line of the series entering Game One was a ton of uncertainty about how much Giannis was going to contribute. It's possible he would have never been right the entire series. He could have been flawed, hampered enough that he didn't, he wasn't a net positive at any point. And this is the opposite. What we saw is he maybe was. Probably was the best player on the floor for Milwaukee, even in Game One. So you've got to be massively more optimistic about Milwaukee's Giannis contribution, and thus the rest of the series plays differently because of that. And thus the there would have been a 250 cent or so improvement in the odds for Phoenix but chop off 120 or 30 cents of that. Why? Because upgrade in Giannis's projected contribution. Makes a ton of sense. What doesn't make any sense is at the same time game two's line goes up. Now we know Giannis is so much better than we thought he would be. We didn't even know if he'd play in game two. We didn't know he'd play in game one. But lo and behold, entering game one, when Giannis was known to be playing, but We didn't know how it could have been an Anthony Davis situation. The line was five. Now he plays massively well. The zig, you know, based on what we thought expectations were, the zigzag favors Milwaukee. The series price is saying Milwaukee is just relatively better than we thought for this series because they got Giannis pretty healthy. But all that, nah, we're going to make Phoenix a bigger favor. It makes no sense. Uh, Jones, I know this is, you know, this is something that's shocking to me, and it won't be as shocking to you. But just the logic, as, as you hear me talk this through, does it seem like it's a contradiction?
3: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense just from the standpoint of all right. He's back. He looked better than I think anybody expected him to look. He played probably more than anybody expected him to play. Um, there was no real hobble. There were a couple of times where you could tell it was bothering him a little bit, but he still went through the entire game. And we're just not going to factor that in at all into game two. I I, 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 I I don't understand. But
4: factor it in everywhere else.
3: Yeah, I, I don't I don't know unless I don't. Is there something about the spot that seems like it, it leans leans phoenix that's the only thing i can i can but I can because ask. but the
4: spot is the typical zigzag yeah. where they lose and, and history tells us the title uh, to start a title series game one ghost is it's now 13 and two against the spread for the home team so, if anything, it's game two's much, 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 much better. Game one had the massive advantage. And uh, there,
3: was, there was also yeah. a moment where Chris Paul suffered a little bit of a, a nick to his wrist where his hand got caught up in, in somebody's jersey. So, I mean, I wonder if that's going to have an impact on game two. Like, a lot of it
4: just doesn't add up to me. So, here's what I'm going to say I won't make it official till tomorrow, but I feel pretty strongly. We're going to have a full best bet on In fact, let's make it official right now. Milwaukee, <laughs> let's take the points. I'm not letting the market move. Take the five and a half, baby. Full best bet.
0: Right out of Vegas!
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. If you dare.